Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Hello, and welcome back to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about diversification which is a fundamental principle in investing and the key to decreasing volatility while increasing returns for any portfolio. Diversification spreads risk across a range of different investments. When you have a diversified portfolio, you are less exposed to the poor performance of any single investment or asset class. This is the reason to purchase a mutual fund or index fund that holds hundreds, if not thousands of different companies rather than buying stock in individual companies. While you could create a diversified portfolio buying individual stocks, you would need to buy many different stocks representing companies in different industries and sectors in order to do so. You would need a significant amount of capital to make all these purchases since you wouldn't be able to buy fractional shares of stocks and could also incur significant transaction costs in doing so. When you hold more companies, you can be more assured that while the value of some company stocks may go down, there are other company stocks that will go up. While individual assets, or even sectors, may experience significant price fluctuations, a diversified portfolio can provide more stability because the movements of different investments may actually offset each other. Being diversified across multiple asset classes helps to protect your portfolio from severe losses if there is a significant downturn in one asset class. If the stock market has a downturn, but bonds and real estate are holding steady or even doing well, this can allow your overall portfolio to have less ups and downs, therefore decreasing the volatility of your portfolio. So generally, people don't like volatility. We don't like to see the downs along with the ups. Ideally, we really just want our investment returns to keep going up, and even nicer if it goes up at a steady rate so that we can predict how much money we'll have in the future, depending on how much we have invested. But the world really just doesn't work that way. Not only does diversification decrease risk, it can also improve the risk-return trade-off of your portfolio. By including a mix of assets with different risk profiles, you can potentially achieve higher returns for a given level of risk or reduce risk for a desired level of return. This concept is known as achieving risk-adjusted returns. J.P. Morgan actually did a study that showed by adding alternative assets of real estate, hedge funds, and private equity to a portfolio of stocks and bonds, not only were returns increased, but volatility was actually decreased. In the study, they took three different portfolios, one that was 80% equities and 20% bonds, one that was 60% equities and 40% bonds, and one that was 40% equity and 60% bonds, and looked at the returns from 1989 to May of 2023. When looking at the returns, what would be considered the most aggressive portfolio, the one with 80% equities and 20% bonds, had the highest return, but also had the highest volatility. The one that would be considered most conservative, the 40% equity and 60% bonds, had the least return, but also the least volatility. And this goes in line with this idea that In order to achieve higher returns, you have to build systemic more volatility or take higher risks. However, they found that if they added 30% of alternative investments in the form of hedge funds, private equity, and real estate, all equally weighted, that this actually decreased the volatility 
and increase returns for each one of these different portfolios. For the most aggressive portfolio with the 80% equities and 20% bonds, the volatility actually decreased from around 13% to 9.5%, while actually giving a little bump up to the annualized return of about half a percent, roughly from 9% to 9.5%. The data was displayed with a visual chart, and the report that I read didn't give exact numbers. The link to the publication can be found in the show notes so that you can look at this chart yourself. The most conservative portfolio, the one with 40% equities and 60% bonds, had an annualized return around 6.75%. And even this actually decreased in volatility with the addition of the alternatives. But what was more dramatic was the increase in returns, which went from 7.25% to around 9.5%. The portfolio consisting of 60% equities and 40% bonds decreased volatility by around 2%, while increasing annualized returns by 1% when adding the 30% of alternatives to the portfolio. This really just shows the power of diversification and not just diversifying within an asset class, but diversifying across multiple asset classes. Different asset classes and sectors will tend to perform differently under various economic conditions. By diversifying across asset classes, as well as across sectors, you can really navigate economic cycles more effectively. Ideally, you want to invest in assets and asset classes where the returns or performance are not correlated to each other. What do I mean by correlation? If you take two different assets that are positively correlated, that means that they tend to move in the same direction. For example, the stocks of United and Delta are likely to be highly correlated. I haven't actually looked into it, but it makes sense. Even though they're separate companies with different management and they may be run very differently, They're both the same industry with the same target base, and they would be affected similarly by market forces that decrease flying, like what occurred around the COVID pandemic. So when something happens that causes everyone to stop flying, both United and Delta are going to see a drop in their sales, which is going to decrease income, which will be reflected in less valuation of their companies and a decrease in their stock price. On the other hand, two assets are negatively correlated would tend to move in opposite directions of each other. So if asset A and asset B were perfectly negatively correlated, when asset A goes up, then asset B would go down. And when asset B goes down, asset A would go up. An example of negative correlation would be something like oil prices and airline stocks. When oil prices are up, airlines seem to pay more for fuel, which increases their cost and reduces their profit, and this can lead to their stock price declining. Similarly, when oil prices go down and fuel becomes cheaper, and airlines may find themselves more profitable, leading to increase in earnings and increase in the price of their stock. So in this way, you can see how holding negatively correlated assets can smooth out volatility, but it really doesn't boost returns because one's going to go down when the other one goes up. When assets aren't correlated, they act independently of each other. Having many different assets that are uncorrelated will decrease volatility since some will likely be going up while others are going down. But you can also have enhanced returns potentially because more could be going up than down or some may be going up a lot while others are going down a little. Of course, you could say that the opposite may be true. Some may be going down a lot while others are going up a little. But you can see when assets aren't correlated with each other that there's more potential for everything smoothing out over time. 
This diversification really promotes a long-term consistency in your investment returns. While some investments may perform exceptionally well in certain periods, they may also experience significant declines in other periods. A diversified portfolio aims for more stable and consistent returns over time. Another benefit of diversifying across different types of investments is that it can enhance liquidity as well as accessibility. This can help you have some investments that you can easily sell or access in case you need cash or want to rebalance your portfolio. Stocks and bonds tend to be highly liquid, whereas real estate investments are relatively illiquid. However, real estate investments tend to provide more passive income and cash flow compared to stocks or even bonds. Each asset class has its own characteristics, so being diversified in different asset classes can allow you to take advantage of those characteristics. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy when it comes to managing our portfolio. If you're the kind of person who wants to sell all your stocks when the market starts to have a downturn, then diversification can really help you avoid making an emotional or impulsive decision based on short-term market movements. When one area of your portfolio is doing well, it can be easier to stomach when other parts of your portfolio are underperforming. Again, if one area of your portfolio is going down, but other areas are going up, then there may not be that much change in your overall financial situation. So how much diversification is enough diversification? Well, that's really a personal decision. Personal finance is personal after all. Factors include your financial goals and the timeline to those goals, as well as your risk tolerance and how much time you want to spend learning about investing in different investment classes. For some people, investing in the S&P 500 index fund is enough diversification. That seems to be the case for J.L. Collins, who wrote The Simple Path to Wealth. In his book, he really just talks about investing in S&P 500 index fund and calling it a day. Other people like to diversify over the entire U.S. stock market, including small cap and mid cap stocks in their investment portfolio. And you can still do this with a single index fund by investing in a U.S. total stock market index fund. It's also easy to add international exposure for even more diversification. There are international stock index funds as well. After stocks, the most common asset class for investing is typically bonds. Adding bonds to an investment portfolio can be done through purchasing treasuries or savings bonds directly at treasurydirect.gov or by investing in bond funds through your brokerage account. So certainly adding bonds is an easy way to further diversification. If you're thinking about adding real estate to your portfolio, the easiest way to add real estate exposure is through purchasing REITs, which stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. There are REITs that are traded on the public stock market, but those REITs do tend to be more positively correlated with the ups and downs of the U.S. stock market compared to the general real estate sector overall. Real estate is really a wide asset class, including residential, office, industrial, retail, assisted living, and even hotels. There are also many ways to invest in real estate, which are discussed in other podcast episodes. There's also more diversification with real estate in terms of investing in different geographic locations, as well as different strategies like development versus a value-add situation. When it comes to private equity, there are physicians that invest in the private equity firm that they work for. Outside of having a personal connection or introduction to a private company, I think most accredited investors will end up investing in private equity through a private equity fund. The same is true with venture capital. 
If you're interested in investing in venture capital, you'll probably look towards investing in a venture capital fund. This is a way for you to, again, get diversification over multiple privately held companies, just like you buy mutual funds or exchange-traded funds to hold multiple stocks. Investing in hedge funds is something else that's available to accredited investors. While diversification is a powerful risk management tool, it is important to note that it doesn't eliminate all risks. Really, nothing does. There's really risk in every type of investing, including keeping money in your bank account. Diversified portfolios can still experience losses, especially during severe market downturns. The key is to strike a balance that aligns with your financial goals, your risk tolerance, and your investment horizon. Diversification should be a cornerstone of any well-constructed investment strategy, and is typically achieved through asset allocation across various asset classes as well as geographic regions. If you're interested in how to add more diversification to your portfolio, especially if you want to look at some of these alternative investments like real estate, but you have no idea where to start, this is something that I do help people with. I invite you to set up a discovery call with me, which you can do by going to my website, www.growyourwealthymindset.com, and we can discuss your personal situation and what your financial goals are, and whether investing in alternative investments is something that you would like to pursue. Thanks so much for being a listener of the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast. And if you know anyone who would benefit from listening to this podcast, I hope you'll share it with them. Please help me in my mission to spreading financial literacy so that we can all grow our wealth together. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it with your friends and colleagues. And now for the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial planner, accountant, or attorney, and nothing I say should be construed as professional investment, tax, or legal advice. This show is primarily for your education and entertainment. I am a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please contact your own physician. Thank you.